Zombie takeout comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial? A little glass, glass vial. vial? Welcome to episode 496 of Zombie, Zombie Take- Takeout, the movie movie and cult movie show. I'm John. And hello, I'm Scotto. Trying to get in a little early to get us in unison, you know, to get us that in sync. That was never going to happen. That was a mess. <laughs> it was always going to be a mess. There was no way we were ever going to nail that. Yeah, I couldn't resist, but, but I was like, it's going to be hard to get. <laughs> it's funnier that way. Before we get to this week's movie, we've got some listeners submitted from John Phillips in reference to last week's movie, Batman the Killing Joke. He said, I liked it, but I understand the hatred it gets. Uh, the irony is, I think I think it was his copy of Killing Joke that I, I read like 30-something years ago. <laughs> I actually never read it. I'd heard a lot about it over the years. So I went into it without any preconceived ideas or attachment, which is probably why I didn't like it as much. If you went into it knowing the book, I think you're either going to go one of two ways. You're going to be a little too sentimental because you liked the book 34 years ago or 30-ish years ago when it wasn't as problematic, or you're going to be pissed off at all the changes. Clearly, he went into it from a more sentimental standpoint. He probably read it since. Uh, I hadn't. Um, mm. I remember the book just blowing my mind <laughs> yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. Like, a, what? They, they're really, really? They're doing this? And of course, now it's just kind of like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know. It was one of those early books that were comic books that were intended for adults. Yeah. That was around the time comics were starting to grow up. That kind of happened with our generation. Oh, yeah. We just can't let them go. Mm. <laughs> That's the poor problem. And that brings us to this week's movie, which is from 2008, Repo, the Genetic Opera. And, of course, the impromptu plot summary, sponsored by the Naughties. What the fuck were we thinking? And also brought to you by Geneco. And I just thought they were really large pants. Really large pants. (laughs) And a little glass file. Uh, (laughs) All right. So um, we have... We have, um, I'm trying to think of how the hell this really did begin. It began with... The Grave um, Robber, I think. The Grave Robber, right. Uh, So, he's... uh, Well, they give us a lot of backstory, too, about uh, this future of Mm, uh, designer organ transplants and such. Apparently something, I don't even remember, I don't exactly remember it, but there were a lot of organ failures at some point in the not-too-distant future. And so this company figured out how to synthesize organs, basically. And uh, they, and of course, the problem is if you uh, you don't keep up on the payments, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you get the meaning of life skit, <laughs> the organ tra- live organ transplant. It's um, that urban legend about organ transplants turned into a literal, literal opera. Oh, I mean... People people do get killed for their organs, but maybe not as common as they do here. And I, I think the urban legend usually is the person wakes up somehow and, right. and has yeah. like instructions 
instructions for what to do mm-hmm. as if the person stealing those organs would want like some right. sort of evidence some sort of trail to lead back to they're very sporting in that way <laughs> but you're right it's not quite the urban legend because the people being harvested in this one are dead yeah and uh killed by um, the the nescafe guy <laughs> Rupert Giles. <laughs> um, That's what I know him from. He's also been on Ted Lasso. Anthony Head, he's done a lot of things. Yeah, no, be- yeah. Probably best known as Rupert Giles. Uh, so, he, not the Nescafe guy? Well, depends on if you were a Buffy fan. <laughs> uh, so, the uh, the grave robber, meanwhile, is... Um, they. I guess they need some sort of drug to make the surgeries uh, easier. They kind of cross up metaphors of drugs and, and surgery here. Mm. Uh, but he steals it off the, uh, the corpses of people, this, this fluid, and uh, sells it back on the black market. Um, meanwhile, the person that is, of course, uh, and I think there's like a swerve later on that we, that I, got but we probably shouldn't spoil but mm-hmm. the the first swerve which they they reveal off the bat is that the loving father of his uh sick... well, this is the larger swerve as far as i'm concerned really the love triangle was kind of like eh, okay whatever no i'm not talking about the love triangle okay <laughs> i'm talking about uh him and his sick daughter Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I nailed it in my and I have it in my notes like where where it was like it's it's not and then yeah, that's yeah that one we don't want to get into yeah I guess we can spoil the the identity of the uh, harvester but yeah so they, yeah off the bat they and you, yeah you really the first scene or two you're kind of like oh you know he's the loving father and stuff mm-hmm. and it it turns out he's the horrific killer. Uh, who goes out and butchers people for their organs. Re- the Repo Man, they, they refer to him. Yes, the Repo Man. He uh, repossesses the organs. Which is a much better film. Watch that instead. <laughs> the um, So let's uh, try to get through this plot. It's um, This could have used Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> What's up? This could have used Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, of course. Any movie can use Harry oh, Dean yeah. Stanton. <laughs> but... Uh, he um so the, everybody's time is pretty much up here uh he uh the the founder proper of Shakespeare Co, the uh the the head of the company he is uh short to live he's been given a uh very bad outlook mm. uh, short prognosis and so he uh wants to get revenge before uh meeting his doom um Rody Larigo is his name. I got to give a shout out to that name. It's kind of absurd. <laughs> Played by the late great Paul Servino, brilliant actor, but there's a reason he never did musicals or wasn't known <laughs> for them. Well, I mean, he had quite an opera voice. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I mean, he kind of heard he could sing opera, but it was kind mm-hmm. of surprised that he did. Anyway, go through the plot summary before I. So, he, um, his revenge is that he does not want to give it to any of his idiot kids. Uh, this is, of course, probably <laughs> a part of the plot that I'm still not quite sure of here. His plan for revenge is He also to... founded Gene Co. and was the guy who developed this organ 
uh, right. genetic uh, organ um, growing process. His uh, plot for revenge is to woo the daughter away from her father mm-hmm. because they had a love triangle and he stole uh, the love of his life. Nathan the Repo Man and the Loving Father stole yes. Brody's girl and uh, they had a kid. Yeah, this would be much easier with like a diagram or something, or mm-hmm. X's and O's or something like that. So he, uh, <laughs> he, like John Madden, and then he comes over here and boom, it takes the mm-hmm. organ out. Um, so he, uh, his plan is to, um, well, tell how awful his her father is and uh, let her inherit Gene Co. and cut his idiot kids out of his will and... Uh, and he pretty much also there. There was a third person or fourth person that they were with back in the day, but I don't think in that way. Uh, and she uh, is, of course, under contract by um, what was it, Lar- Largo? What was his first name again? Rody. Rody. Uh, she was under contract, and that contract was being terminated, um, which, you know. Yeah, one of the few people in this film who should have been singing. Oh, of course, yeah. Other, what a, I think there were two. The ringer, real opera singers in here. Well, they, you, that, well, I've always been a fan of Anthony Head's voice, but I think the mother was also yeah. a real opera singer as okay. well. And uh, well, I guess they do this in a very public manner, and um, hilarity ensues. <laughs> The comic book opening was a nice touch. That was unexpected. Um, though I didn't like having to read all of the backstory. <laughs> right. I, you know, I uh, was like thinking I was just going to do some other things and kind of drift mm-hmm. off a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, they're, they're like saying things. <laughs> yeah. like, what? The whole backstory was text in a comic book. Yes. Yes. But uh, I was surprised by the music, honestly. Loved the opening song. Um, liked a lot of the music in like the first 20 to 40 minutes. The first third of this movie, it was an easy five for me. I um, I feel I was very rewarded by not by walking into this cool. blind as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. I kind of thought this was going to be a musical of Repo Man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's some great gore. I got to give give it some points for that. What's well, like the, the, one of the Saw guys, right? Yeah, not um, Roth, but the other one. CGI looked great. It, like a lot of movies in, uh, from this time period, it, there's a lot of like CGI cityscapes. But they, they don't really, really credit good. the the band in this, though, do they? No, they sound Just a lot like Queensrÿche. They do. Uh, and when how else did you make a a rock opera? I mean, Mind Crime was literally twenty years before this, but you know, clearly the composer listened to it a lot. Yeah, um, was nice to see Paul Sorvino in something weird. I w- would not have expected him in this. I I mean, he does some weird things, like or he did some weird things. I would say, like that Romeo and Juliet mm. <laughs> was a pretty weird. Uh, yeah thing too um, loved seeing anthony head been a big fan of him since buffy uh, always loved a singing voice incidentally he's the brother of murray head of one night in bangkok fame oh wow um, that I makes loved... a hard man crumble mm. um 
Uh, the first really bad song for me was the Infected by Your Genetics song. <laughs> Although that line is a mood for me. Um, I'm shocked that Alexa Vega did have a career as a pop star for a time. Did she? Um, I mostly know her from the Spy Kids movies, but yeah, she was a pop singer for some time. I don't know why after seeing this. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's pop. You don't really have to sing that I well. Guess. Um, <laughs> there were just a lot of good actors who could not sing. <laughs> Sarah Brightman, of course, was the ringer. Yeah. Love Anthony Head's voice. Um, the mother, she was really good. Everybody, I mean, in the right context, Paul Sorvino probably had a great voice for opera. This was not the right context for it. <laughs> and then uh, I looked up uh, Ogre, is, uh, you know, Pav- Pavi Largo mm. was uh, from Skinny Puppy. Okay. <laughs> um. I, speaking of Rogie's kids, loved them. This has to be Paris Hilton's finest work. Could be. Um, I mean, she was pretty much playing what, you know, you could say it was herself. I like, you know, she was poking fun at herself, too, mm-hmm. in the same way. But she was entertaining. Uh, I mean, I don't want it's going to spoil my learned, but I, I, I can't believe I enjoyed a Paris Hilton performance. The the scene where she's singing while holding her face yeah. yeah. On. That was great. The one from Skinny Puppy. He's the one with the face close yes. to his face. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you only see his real face for like one brief yeah, moment when right. they cut someone's face away. Mm-hmm. It reveals his face instead of skinless face. Right. But that whole love triangle thing with Rhodey and Marnie and Nathan was just Shakespearean in a, the bad way. It's uh, very confusing because, well, Ed, why would he kill Blind Mag when she, when um, Shiloh needed a mother figure, you know? Yeah. And that could have been his, you know, mm-hmm. ticket to bringing her over oh, to yeah. his side. Absolutely. So it didn't really make any sense why he was killing her. Um, and it, the only person that really wanted her dead, it seemed like, was Paris Hilton. And, mm-hmm. you know, I heard an anecdote about this earlier, uh, about Paris Hilton and this, that she believed in the movie so much that uh, when they, they were in, in the whole money-wise putting it together, so she just did, like, an appearance somewhere and just paid the producers wow. <laughs> off. <laughs> nice. She really liked what they were doing. Uh, yeah, I was reading Alexa Vega saying that like everybody in the involved with it wants a sequel, but it just didn't do well enough for a sequel. Well, it only played like six theaters in the in the country. Like, how could they? What were they grossed with six yeah, theaters? Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> like six nights. But even on, you know, on home video, it, it just yeah. or, or you know streaming, whatever you want to call it, it, it just did not do well. Like I said, I loved it for like 40 minutes, and then I just got tired of it. Now, the real catch here, what they would do, what they could do with this, of course, are midnight Rocky Horror showings. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very Rocky Horror. Because, God damn it. I mean, that's really what they're going for, of course. And how much Rocky Horror can can one person really stand in the end? 
two years of every weekend. Um, yeah. I was also performing. Um, I, uh, after a while, it, it did take long for you to be like, can we, can we do something else, maybe? <laughs> there were other interesting sights in the theater, um, other than sure, the movie. Sure, sure. I was more there for that. Um, but, okay, I, I thought, you know, Infected by Your Genetics was the worst song, and then it got to the 17 song, and not the <laughs> winger one. Right. It was, you know, the daughter, uh, Shiloh, singing about how she's 17 for some reason. Well, it was her rebelling against right. uh, her father. What was it like? More <laughs> freer than 16, which is a pretty funny line. And I hated that song, but then I saw the cameo from Joan Jett, and I kind of felt bad for hating it. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's about, it's just that teen rebellion that, she wasn't allowed because mm, because she's of her been this uh, you know in a in the birdcage which they do have in the background right, right because this movie has no concept of subtlety no no it does not <laughs> even the lighting like that intense dramatic lighting got to be too much for me too oh yeah like which uh, well every, which the entire movie numbers oh the entire movie. It was just so high contrast. It was a, a very Dick Tracy kind of vibe, you know, where they were going mm. for that color palette. I was thinking uh, Zack Snyder without the saturation turned down. Like not the same color palette as Dick Tracy, obviously, yeah, but yeah. just like the limited color palette right. that they repeat over and over. But it is just too much. Maybe I'm old. Um <laughs> Sorvino's duet with Paris was just horrible. Um, incidentally, this started out as a stage musical. Yes. And I think that might be part of the problem because it was shot very much like a stage musical. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, with the exception of like the comic book. Yeah, well, the comic know, book, stuff. of course. Not, not, but everything live action was shot like it was on stage. Now that you mention it, that would explain the limited color palette because you would only have so many options sure. if you were lighting it on a budget. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I was kind of disappointed that the whole thing just kind of devolved into a love triangle. Yeah. And I think, from what I understand, this would be the second movie of a trilogy, which means the first one really wouldn't make any sense because we, we pretty much know what happens already right <laughs> you know um and, and so it's a love triangle that happened in the past which yeah. doesn't make exactly for high drama and and the obvious backstory like the the deliberate exposition like we get to this particular character now we're just going to through a comic book give you the exposition on the backstory Right, they they use the device a number of times in there, and yeah, you gotta gotta pay attention. <laughs> it's clumsy. <laughs> By the time it got to the at, at the opera song, I I finally understood why Tommy Shaw and James Young hated Dynasty Young after <laughs> Gilroy. And that that's totally a take of uh, you know, the floor show. Oh, that ending is all floor show. Yeah, exactly. Having done Rocky Horror as in a shadow cast, 
for two years every weekend. I know a fucking floor show. Yeah. That was a floor show complete with a fucking wheelchair. (laughs) That's true. I didn't even think of that. I half expected superheroes at the end. (laughs) And even Sarah Brightman, who was an incredible vocalist, was just as annoying when she sang. It was the writing. It was the composing. Oh, yeah. I didn't think she was annoying at all. Well, uh, she, I mean, she, she has a beautiful voice, but it, the, the song itself was just as annoying as everybody else's songs because the composing was... Out when, once it, when it wasn't a Queensryche sound alike, was horrible. And it was, uh, you know, moving to service the plot, of course. Such as it was. Yeah. And the worst part is, if I had seen this, like, in the late 90s, I would have loved it. Even though I know it was 2008, but if, you know, it it kind of fit my sensibilities in the late 90s. I mean, I I disagree, I mean, because I really was struck by the, it's sort of the metaphor for how the U.S. health system was in 08, you know? People look at the face value of them taking the organs out. Of course, the saw guy is going to take organs out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's really, you know, just a metaphor for prescription drugs or any sort of health care. Okay. And the floor, the, well, the, floor show, the musical was 2002. But, you know. Wow. Yeah. So the, that that industry has always been a little sketchy. Right. I mean, I think there have been some improvements since, but mm-hmm. not many. Uh, you know, but the point is, if it <laughs> everything dries up, if you don't have the cash, yeah. whether it was keeping you alive or not. Right. I Obviously, no sequels or remakes, because the prequels are already in the thing. Um, they didn't sell enough for a sequel. <laughs> I'm not sure what they could do, really, for a sequel. Um, it was a little disappointing how... Um, how this they wrapped this up leaving so much room yeah for for something and not like really you know why how did the kids inherit you know mm-hmm. the organization you know it just didn't make any sense because he had a will but i guess because she didn't uh play ball as danny devito once said mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't get the uh thing right. but it also doesn't say what she goes on to do like there's some expectation of her and and you know that's left very vague we could have used a you know at some point where are they now at some point in the future kind of epilogue but they wanted yeah. a sequel so they weren't going to do an epilogue they they could have done a little comic book action at the end to you know tie it mm-hmm. up a little bit you don't have to give everything away mm-hmm. you could just say what she does after this on a branch I'm trying to remember if there was if there was a, a credit scene or not. Now I it was it was really exhausted by the time I yeah, got to the yeah. end of this. <laughs> yeah, it's on the brains. I'm going to and like I said, that first forty minutes it was a five and then it just wore on me and wore on me. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this. I was not expecting this to be so well produced you know <laughs> i was expecting you put some money behind it well I paris clearly could put some a money real behind shit it. show and uh once it, it was like from the beginning when i heard the music like oh, wow wait there there's like some serious music going on here <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and then of course you know paul servino and it, uh, yeah so i was in um i'm going four and a half and what have we learned uh that we uh that it was all going on at the Fleur Show Opera tonight. <laughs> now in the Paris Hilton can be entertaining. Never thought I'd ever say that. <laughs> That's it for Repo the Genetic Opera. Until next time, we'll be reviewing The Keep, one that you wanted, specifically wanted to put before Masters of the Universe, which we'll be doing after. Let's see if we can find The Keep. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did. We, I don't think we'd have it on the list if we couldn't find it. Okay. Anyway, until then, of course, always remember, never forget, wherever you go in life, there you there are. You are.